0: Hey, what's going on, family? What's going on, friends? My name is John Meza This is Isaiah sixty-one exploits. Start the beat. Isaiah sixty-one exploits exists to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and to raise up men and women of God who would take their stand unashamed as oaks of righteousness for such a time. As this. Today, I wanted to share an article that I found that has to do with uh, Isaiah 61 and specifically in verse 3. Because the hope, my hope for my mission for this ministry, if you will, is to awaken men and women of God who are already saved, who have already embraced the gospel. The remnant of God to awaken them to the reality around us and the fact that we have to be active. Our Christianity is an active Christianity. Our Christianity is more active than just being charitable and, and giving money to the church and 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 not cussing and and you know. Our Christianity is much more broader than that we are oaks of righteousness god has planted us where he's planted us for a reason for a purpose and that is for us to shine the light wherever you find yourself There's darkness i don't care where that is it could be in the church there's darkness there's people who are suffering there's people who are hurting in different ways uh there's people whose families are chaotic so therefore we have to be those oaks of righteousness that are planted in those situations by God. So I'm going to read Isaiah 61, 1 through 4, but I'm going to focus specifically on verse 3 and 4. The article I have emphasizes verse 3, but I also want to highlight verse 4 because I believe that's what should be the end result after we have embraced the gospel, after we have received healing, forgiveness, forgiveness, While we're going through the process of sanctification, it should lead us towards doing the things that we're supposed to do around us as active participants in our communities as light. Because the light does the shining. That's my main emphasis. That's what I believe God has called me to do in this season of my life. So Isaiah 61, 1 through 4 says this, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and the release from darkness for the prisoner, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Verse 4 says, they will rebuild the ancient ruin and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the cities that have been devastated for generations. Generations. First Peter, chapter two, uh, is talking about Christ having been uh, uh, the stone, the cornerstone that was rejected by by uh, the Jewish people, uh, uh, especially when he came physically here to this world. Uh, he was a stone that re- was rejected, and he turned out to be the cornerstone for God's building. Okay, for God's temple, for God's church, for Christ's, for his church. Christ is God, right? And after talking about the people and how now this stone has become a stumbling block, stumbling block, he goes on to say this in verse 9: But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the presence of him who called you out of darkness. And into his marvelous light. God has called us into darkness. Not so that we can be passive. Not so that we can just pay our health insurance and and hide in in, uh, uh, the four walls of the church. And go and serve in the church and just go home and act like, you know, that's it. That's what we're required to do. God has called you to be that, uh, to declare. The Bible says, the presence of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light in your job, in your business place, if you're a business owner, in your community, in your school, if you go to school. Okay, when you vote, when you spend your money, whatever you do, whatever you do in life, the end goal for the Christian is to declare Okay, the presence of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. You cannot separate your, the way you spend your money from this. You cannot separate the way you treat your wife or your husband from this. You cannot separate how you raise your children and, and, and how, how they get educated, how you kind of navigate through the equipping of, of, of uh, the next generation. You cannot get away from that and, 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 and not... Be doing this in light of declaring the presence of Him who called you out of darkness and into His marvelous light. It is the Christian worldview is an all-encompassing worldview. Every area of your life, okay. Okay. With that being said, I found uh, this article from Crosstalk, okay, and it's asking the question: What are the orcs of righteousness? Described in Isaiah 61 verse 3. First and foremost, uh, the question the the other question that is asked is: What is the meaning of oaks of righteousness? According to this article, listen uh, written by Laurie Stanley Roar I'm sure I'm saying that wrong with my accent and all that. She says this oaks are hardy trees with a deep system of root, anchoring them securely so they can withstand many seasons of hardship and stone. Oakwood is known for its strength, hardness, resistance to predators and other destructive growth. Live oaks are evergreen oaks. Jeremiah refers to, the, uh, refers to those who trust in the Lord as evergreen trees, Jeremiah seventeen seven through eight. Blessed is the man who trust in the Lord, Whose trust is in the Lord? He is like a tree planted by the river, by the water, that sends out its root by the stream and does not fear when heat comes. For its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. Likewise, the psalmist refers to those who delight in the Lord as he is like a tree planted by the streams of water, that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. Psalm 1, 3. In Isaiah 61, 3, the the article continues. In Isaiah 61, 3, the sense of this idea that we will be ox of righteousness is that we will have sturdy righteousness, able to withstand the tests of time, weather, hardships, and pestilence. We will endure, our faith will remain evergreen. The roots of our righteousness found in Jesus Christ will be expansive, securing us against all storms, and we will rise towards the light of Christ as we grow ever closer to our home with him. The strength of this righteousness stems from the fact that it is a gift to us. It is the righteousness of Christ. Nothing we do, nothing that comes against us, can tarnish or compromise the righteousness that comes from Jesus now obviously the righteousness that comes from Jesus should be evident when you say you are saved obviously it should be evident it should come out in how you live your life like I said it should come out in how you spend your money in how you treat the people around you, in how you, uh, 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 you know, your personal relationship and, and devotion to God, in how you walk with God pretty much. It, there should be a trust. There should be, you should, people should be able to see and hear, which sometimes people will be uncomfortable by the way you live your life, the things that you say, the things that you allow on your watch, okay? These are the things that will be evident as you press into this righteousness that God, Christ has imputed on you and I, it cannot be it, it, it. In fact, Jesus himself was very vocal about the things that was happening around him. Jesus himself was very passionate about telling people to go this way and not that way. Jesus himself and those around him and, 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 and People like John the Baptist, people like uh, Apostle Peter, Apostle Paul, and all these people that were before him and after him, you can see through their actions, because they know their God and because they, they are saved, they, they are. the fruit that comes out is a discomfort to all the things that is happening around them, and them going out there and doing something about it. Obviously, in the times of Jesus, things are different now than it was then. But the things that remains is that this gospel, this good news that we have, is also confrontational. It confronts people. It tells people, hey, you're going to hell. It calls people out. Hey, you're heading towards a cliff. It's not silent. It's not passive. It is very confrontational. So my goal, my hope, is to encourage my brothers and sisters, the ones that will see this video, my encouragement to you is... Pray and ask God to show you in what areas you can live out your your, your, your Christianity. In what ways you can bring forth the fruit of your righteousness. And if you have fear, if you are timid, then that is not from God. That is from the enemy. You have to find a way to overcome that. And usually when when God calls you to do something, you know it's God when there's a lot of resistance from that, which sometimes comes from within. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of insecurities that surround uh, a certain action that God is asking you to do. God said, go pray for that person. There's usually like, especially if it's a stranger, somebody you've never met before, there's usually that, oh my goodness, I don't know what they'll think. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, you start making all these excuses Right, and I'm speaking from experience because this happens to me all the time. Right, but the goal for us as Orcs of righteousness is to let people know. Now, you think, well, I don't know how to how to uh, uh, reach people. I don't know how to approach people. That's not my comfort zone. Well, unfortunately, as Christians, we are supposed to get out of our comfort zone. Christianity is not a comfortable faith. It's not a comfortable. It's a walk that requires us to carry our cross daily. If you're going to carry your cross daily, that means you're going to be uncomfortable in various different ways. God is going to require of you things that will make you uncomfortable. Because he wants to get you to a place where you completely trust him and not the things around you. And by the way, whenever I preach this kind of stuff, whenever I talk these kind of messages, I want people to know that I'm also preaching to myself because I'm still a work in progress, okay? And, 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 you know, it'll be proud of me to say that I have this all figured out and now I'm in a position to tell anybody else about it because I don't. I'm just trying to figure this out just like everybody else, but I feel called to speak out and to encourage people to call out my brothers and sisters to join me as we try to figure out how we're going to work out our Christianity to the world around us. If you have a job and the people are not made uncomfortable from time to time by your Christianity, then you need to do something about that. I'm not saying for people to go and be obnoxious or anything like that, a Bible thumper that is constantly pointing at people's sins and all this. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying that people need to be made to feel uncomfortable by your testimony, by your Christianity, by the things, by the boundaries that you have put around yourself to protect your holiness. People need to feel that in your family. The people that are not saved in your family, they need to feel that. They need to feel that tension. The people in the world who are around you, they need to feel that tension. If people in the world don't feel the tension of your Christianity, the tension of what you believe, the tension of the Holy Spirit spilling out of you to call out evil. If people around you don't feel this, then you need to rethink your Christianity. But as oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor, we're supposed to be consistently displaying God's splendor. That is the fruit of the Spirit, pretty much in a nutshell. And those kind of things will make people out there feel uncomfortable which is is a good thing. Again, I'm not calling people to be obnoxious. I am calling people to live a holy lifestyle. If you do openly, unashamed, if you uh, preach the gospel to the people around you consistently, creatively, but preach the gospel nonetheless, people will be uncomfortable. And that's a good thing because God will use that to reach out to those that he needs to reach out to. Okay? anyway that's all i got on this subject brothers sisters please 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 share this message share this message i want people to hear this i want people to uh uh, help me with my message by liking commenting let me know what you think do you have any questions did i miss something uh is there something you'd like uh uh, uh, for me to uh, speak on in the future along these lines Please let me know in the comments and subscribe to my channel uh, or download the podcast and um, give it a review, five-star review. I'm, I'm starting a podcast. I'm, I'm starting to focus a lot on my on this as a podcast as well. Okay. I, I, uh, in the past, historically, I have done YouTube almost exclusively, but I've always had the podcast for at least the past two years but it's not, But you know, most people that know about this YouTube channel, they don't know that it's also a podcast. But now I'm going to start focusing on putting uh, this content on there. So I want people to go there. If you like to get your content through audio podcast, go and check it out. Uh, And everyone else, please share this on Facebook. It's going to be on Facebook. Share this and let's do this thing. Peace out.